Christ to show forth the praises of Him who has called you into His marvelous light. So the church has a call on it just like the nation of Israel had a call on it. We have a call on us. And the word also goes on in chapter 19 says that the, that the people told the Lord all that the Lord commands us we will do. We will enter into a covenant with the Lord. So in Exodus chapter 19 the Lord told Moses He told them to tell the people to prepare themselves to prepare themselves See, for He would come down and they needed to be clean. He said I'm going to come down and you need to be clean. You need to be ready. You need to be prepared for my coming. Let's look right here in Exodus chapter 19 and we just have to start reading in verse 9 through 25. We have to do it to, to get the gist of, of what of the event. Let's look right here in, in Exodus 19 and verse 9. And it says, The Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come to thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee and believe thee forever. He said, Moses, I'm going to come down and I'm going to speak audibly to you so that it will gain you some credibility and the people will believe that I have called you. And he said, and Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. Look at verse 10. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them or cleanse them today and tomorrow. Notice it was two days. Today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes and be ready against the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. Cleanse yourself for two days and on the third day the Lord said I will come down upon Mount Sinai. Verse 12 says, And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about saying, Take heed to yourself that you go not up unto the mount or touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mount shall surely be put to death. There shall not a hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through, whether it be beast or man, it shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. And Moses went down from the mount unto the people, and he sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. And Moses, he said unto the people, Be ready against the third day, come not at your wives. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there was a thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount, and the voice of trumpet exceeding, exceedingly loud, so that all the people that was in the camp, they trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the nether or the lower part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in a fire. Why a fire? Because our God is a consuming fire. And the smoke there thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain they quaked greatly and when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder Moses spake and God answered him by a voice and the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mount and the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mountain and Moses went up and the Lord said unto Moses go down and charge or command the people lest they break through unto unto the Lord to gaze and many of them perish and let and let the priest also which come near to the Lord sanctify or cleanse themselves lest the Lord break forth upon them and Moses said unto the Lord, The people cannot come up to the Mount Sinai, for thou chargest us, saying, Set bounds about the mountain, sanctify it. And the Lord said unto him, Away, get thee down. Thou shalt come up, thou and Aaron with thee. But let not the priest and the people break through to come up unto the Lord, lest he break forth upon them. So Moses went down unto the people, and he spake 
unto them. We notice right here in the word that we just read, it says right here in verse 9 that the Lord said that he would come down in a thick cloud. He said, I'm going to come down in a thick cloud. In verse 18, he said that he would be surrounded by a thick smoke. So God said, I'm going to come down in a cloud and I'm going to be surrounded by by a thick smoke also. Can I tell you that our Lord, he is so holy, he is so awesome that he had to he had to have a smoke screen around him. He had to have a, a cloud around him to conceal his glory, lest it overwhelm the people. Notice also in verse 10, the Lord said that the Lord told the people to sanctify themselves or cleanse themselves today and tomorrow. For two days they were to prepare. For two day, days they were to cleanse and wash their clothes. They were to they were to take a bath. They were to clean up and wash their clothes. Why? Because God is holy, He is clean, and we need to be holy and clean also. But this was a time when people didn't take regular baths back then, and they didn't have multiple changes of clothes. So God told them to cleanse yourself, take a bath, cleanse your clothes, wash your clothes. He says, for I am coming down to you. Also, washing and changing clothes back then, it symbolized a new beginning. They No longer would they be slaves. No longer would they be the servants of Pharaoh, but they were going to be a chosen, peculiar people. They were going to be a holy priesthood unto the Lord. That's what God can do. He can take you. You might be a slave to sin, but He can cleanse you and change you, give you a new beginning, and make you one of His kingdom of priests. Also in verse 15, Moses told the people not to have relations with their wives. Meaning, don't let anything distract you. Don't let anything distract you for the Lord's coming. He told them to prepare for two days and be ready. for he would, On the third day, he would come down upon Mount Sinai. Notice also in verses 12 and 13 that we just read. It says that the Lord said to set bounds. That word bounds, it means set, set guards set borders and guards around the mountain so that the people don't go up and touch the mountain that God would come down upon. He said, I want you to set guards, set bounds around this mountain. Least the people come up and touch the mountain. What was God doing? He he was uh, telling them that if anyone even touches the mountain that they would be shot through or that they would be stoned. They would be shot through with an arrow or they would be stoned. God was trying to teach the people that he is holy and that he needs to be reverenced. Can I tell you, God is holy today and he needs to be reverenced. We don't need to take his name in vain. We don't need to even text OMG. His name is holy and reverenced and we need to respect him. So God said, don't let no one even come up and touch the mountain. If they do, they will be stoned or they'll be shot through. And he was saying, I want to be respected. I want to teach you to fear me, to respect me. And that's the same thing we need to do with him also in this day and age that we live also. But I want you to know it was also 
to protect the people. Not only was it to teach the people respect, but it was also to protect the people. Why? Because the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 16 that God dwells in unapproachable light. He is so holy, He is so glorious, He is so mighty that His light and His glory would obliterate sinful flesh. That's the reason when we go to heaven we've got to have a glorified body because we could not stand to even be in His presence. He dwells in light that is unapproachable. It was to teach the people, hey, set bounds so that the people don't come up. I want them to learn respect for me, but I also want to protect him. The Bible says in, in Exodus chapter 33 that Moses, he said, God... I want to see your face. God, let me see your face. But God said, no man can see my face and live. But he said, this is what I will do. I will let you see my back parts. And that, in the original Hebrew, that means I will let you see my afterglow. I will let you see where I have been. You cannot stand to look upon me and live, but I will let you see where I have pa simply passed through. I'll let you see the grain that I have walked across. And the Bible says that Moses saw the glory and the afterglow of the Lord and it made his face begin to shine and it scared the people to death. So setting these bounds was also for these people's protection, to honor God but also to teach them that they are to respect Him but also to protect the people. We also see in verse 13 that God said, when the trumpet soundeth long, when the trumpet sounds long, the people could come up. I like that. The Lord said that they can come up to the base of the mountain. They couldn't touch the mountain, but they could come up to the base of the mountain, but they couldn't touch it. When the trumpet sounded, they could come up to the base of the mountain. And then it says in verses 16 and 19, says, After two days of preparation and cleansing, on the third day, God came down in their presence. The Lord came down in their presence. And the, the Bible says that He descended on this mountain in a fire. And there was a smoke like a furnace. Can't you just see this? Here this mountain is on fire. There's smoke bellowing from this mountain like a furnace. And the trumpet of God is growing louder and louder. And the entire mountain is quaking under an earthquake of God's glory. And the people, the Bible says that they trembled. Well, I guess they would. Uh, I would tremble also. And then it says in verse 21, God told Moses, tell the people not to come up again. He gave them a second warning. Moses, make sure that the people do not come up and break through and be so curious that they want to see me, lest I break forth on them and it destroy them. In other words, God was trying to protect them from His power. This is the and, and from His face and from His glory, He was protecting them from His power and the face of the of Himself. This face that Revelations chapter sixteen says that every mountain, when it sees the face of God, the mountains will flee. It says that the mountain, the mountains, and also the islands will 
flee away. And every mighty person, they will cry for the rocks to fall on them and to cover them. Can I tell you, the the kings are going to cry out, cover us and hide us from him that sits upon the throne. Oh, Joe Biden is going to cry out for the rocks to fall on him and hide him from the face of the one that is so glorious. And in Exodus chapter 20, uh, and, and it says that the Lord spoke His word, His covenant to the people. All these things, all these things, even though it is the Old Testament, it reminds us of things that we are to be doing also, that we're to be preparing. Just like they were to be preparing, they were to be doing, we're to be doing these things also. Even though this is the Old Testament, for the Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 and verses 16 and 17 that the things of the Old Testament Testament are shadows, they're examples, they're patterns of, of what Christ is going to do in the New Testament. They're patterns, they're, they're examples uh, of what Jesus is going to do in the time that we live in right now. Everything that, uh, that is in the Old Testament, did you know Jesus is, he's fulfilled it. He, he's done everything. He's fulfilled, he's fulfilling what the prophets said, everything that the Word of God said in the Old Testament is a shadow and an example of what Jesus is going to do in the New Testament and in the age that we live. For like Israel was to prepare for the Lord's coming down on Sinai, we're to prepare for the Lord's coming also. Uh, we're to prepare not, not to receive uh, uh, the commandments of God, not to receive the Ten Commandments, but we're to prepare for His coming to snatch us away, to take us to heaven to go with him to we're to prepare for him coming after his bride the bible says in the book of malachi that he one day he's going to gather up his treasure he's going to gather up his jewels so we need to be a polishing ourselves shining ourselves and cleansing ourselves and be ready for his coming down to get us number two like israel was told to cleanse themselves for his coming we're to cleanse ourselves for his coming, for his for his coming. How do we cleanse ourselves? Through the blood of Jesus. But how do I stay clean? The Bible says, and Ephesians chapter 5 says that we are cleansed by the washing of the word of God. So the taking the word of God and applying it to your life is just like you taking water to your physical body and washing the dirt off. So when you Take the word of God and live by it. It will cleanse you. Jesus said these words. He said, you are cleansed by the word that I have spoken unto you. You are cleansed by the word that I have spoken unto you. So Jesus is saying, if you will heed my word, keep my commandments, it will cleanse you. If you will do what my word says. The psalmist said, how can a man cleanse his self. He said by heeding the word of God. So just like they were those Jews at Mount Sinai were to take water and to cleanse their selves, we're to cleanse ourselves by the word of the Lord. Like Israel was told to put on clean garments. They were told to put on clean garments for the Lord's coming. The word tells us that we're to put on the clean garments 
of Jesus Christ. We're to put on the righteousness of Christ like a garment. So cleanse yourself and put on the garment of Christ. You can't be ready for His coming if you've got dirty clothes on. You've got to put on the clean garment of Jesus Christ. And like Israel was told not to be distracted by family relations, Moses said, don't come at your wives. Listen, we don't need to let anything distract us either. Uh, Not even family. Not even family. I have talked to family and to friends, and they would say, I would get saved if my wife would get saved. I can't get saved because my husband's not saved. Listen, we need to let nothing, not even family, distract us because when we stand before Almighty God, you're not going to be standing with with your daddy. You're not going to be standing with mama. You're not going to be standing with your wife or husband. You're going to be standing all alone. And it's it's either you've got Jesus or you don't got Jesus. So don't let anything distract you from the Lord's preparing for His coming. And like Israel had bound set not to approach God in just any way, they couldn't just approach God in any way. They had to come when the trumpet sounded. They couldn't just touch God's holy mountain. Uh, we've got bounds set up for us also. We've got bounds set also. What are some of the bounds? Uh, we can't come to Him unless He draws us. You know, I was a fool. I thought I'll get saved on my deathbed. But listen, have you ever seen people on their deathbed, they're out of their gourd. They don't know what they're doing, most of them. Listen, you can't depend on that. Uh, You can't come to Him just when you want to. You've got to come to Him when His Spirit is drawing you. You've got to come to Him when He is drawing you. We can't come to Him except through His sons. We got got bound set us that we can't come to Him unless we come through the Son. Jesus said, no man can come to the Father except by me. We've got to go through the Son. We've got bound set us on us that we can't go to heaven except we go through the blood and in the faith of Jesus Christ. Just like they had bounds that they couldn't approach God in any way, we've got bounds set on us. Uh, like Israel was called to come to the base of Mount Sinai after the sound of the trumpet. You know, that reminds me of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It says that we will be called up to meet the Lord in the air, and we will be taken to, the Bible calls it heaven, but it also calls it Mount Zion. Mount Zion. Uh, we're not going to go to Mount Sinai at the sound of the trumpet, but we're going to be called up, and we're going to take be taken to Mount Zion, the dwelling place of God after the trumpet sounds. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that we have not been called to Mount Sinai to the law, but we have been called to Mount Zion, the dwelling place and the grace of God. So when the trumpet sounds, when God sounds the trumpet, we're going to approach Him and not Mount Sinai. Mount, not Mount, Mount Sinai, but Mount Zion. And finally, like the Lord told Israel to, that to cleanse themselves for two days and to prepare for on the third day He would come in their presence. You know, that reminds me of Hosea chapter 5. If you will turn over there real quickly. Hosea chapter 5 and verse 15 and, and chapter 6, verses 1 through 2. The Lord said, cleanse yourself, prepare for two days to these Jews 
at Mount Sinai, he said, For on the third day I will come into your presence. You know, that reminds me of what the Hosea the prophet said. And in this prophecy, the Lord said that he would come. I want you to notice before we read, the Lord said that he would come and that he would be rejected, and that he would return to his place, and that they would, that, that the Jewish people, Israel, that they would suffer, and they would be torn, and they would be afflicted, but after two days, he would revive them, raise them up out of their affliction, and on the third day, they will live in his presence. Let's look right here what Hosea the prophet said uh, in verse chapter 5, in verse 15. Notice what the Lord said. This is God speaking here. This is not the words of Hosea. This is the words of God speaking here. And God says in verse 15, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face in their affliction. That word affliction means in their tribulation, in their trouble. They will seek me early or earnestly. Look at uh, chapter 6 now. This is what Hosea says. He says, Come, let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, and he will heal us. He has smitten, and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. In the third day, he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. I believe Hosea was talking about Christ coming to Israel. Now, I got all kinds of study books and, and I love to read them things. But, you know, I found they got all one thing in common. They won't touch this verse of Scripture. They won't touch this. They just kind of and then move on. And they won't touch it. But I believe that Hosea is talking about Christ coming to Israel, being rejected and returning to heaven. What did Jesus do? He came. And, he, and then he, he was rejected and he returned to his place. Where did he return to? He returned to heaven. And it says right here that they would suffer two days and after two days they will repent and then they will live in the presence of God and God will dwell with them. I believe these two days are, are what Peter was talking about in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. Peter was talking about the coming of the Lord. He was talking about the, the rapture, the coming of the Lord, the catching of way, away of the church. And he said, I don't want you to think that God is, is slack concerning his promise. Uh, but listen, he said, God is not slack. God is not, God is not lying to you. God is able and God is going to come. Uh, well, let's just turn real quickly over there on what Peter says right here. He says in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8, he said uh, this right here, God is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness. Look at verse 8. He said, Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Notice what the Lord said right here. Notice what he said right here. He said, one day with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. I think it's kind of interesting that he mentioned 2,000-year periods and two days, just like what Hosea is talking about right here. What am I talking about? I, I believe that the Lord is soon coming. Now, you say, well, you can't go by these Old Testament prophets. You can't. Why can't you? They are 100% 
accurate. Did you know in, in, in Daniel chapter 9 that Daniel was told by the angel Gabriel the exact day when Jesus Christ would show up in Jerusalem. And guess what? Exact to the day, not one day early, not one day late, Jesus showed up. Daniel was told by Gabriel, he said, after you are allowed to return back to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall, after you are set free from Babylonian captivity by the Persians and you are allowed to go back and rebuild the wall, there will be 483 years to the day then Messiah will show up. Did you know exactly 483 years to the day, 173,880 days, exactly right on time, Jesus Christ came riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, just like Zechariah the prophet said, and the foal of an ass, he showed up the very day. So the word of God and the prophets of God are so accurate. And did you know that if you take Ezekiel chapter 4 and Leviticus chapter 26 and you break down Ezekiel's prophecy, I've not got time to go into it, but he predicted the very day that Israel would get their nation back. May 14th. 1948 to the day and and he also predicted when Jerusalem when they would get Jerusalem back the Jews would gain it back on June 7th 1967 right to the day so just giving you something to think about here if Hosea if Hosea is right Hosea is right if Donnie is right if Donnie is right Two days has nearly passed. Two thousand years has nearly come and gone. We always say Jesus has been gone for two thousand years. Wrong. Jesus, in just a few months, he will be gone one thousand nine hundred and ninety days. One thousand nine hundred and ninety days. Well, you say, well, that gives us uh, how, how much time? Most people they they believe that Jesus Christ was crucified in thirty three A.D in 33 A.D. I believe that he was crucified in 33 A.D. Because, uh, because not only does the word say that he was crucified, but secular scholars and historians, they all agree, multiple scholars, Africanus and, and, and Tertullius and, and any other heathen, lost, not Christian uh, historians, they talk about an eclipse that came on April the 3rd, 33 A.D. They tried to explain it by saying that it was a, a solar eclipse, but a solar eclipse just lasted as a few minutes. And, and the Bible says that it was darkness upon the from, from 12 noon to 3 p.m. For three hours there was darkness upon the, the whole earth. And secular scholars record that. They record that. So I believe that Jesus was crucified and he went back to heaven in 33 A.D. So doing the math, he's been gone nearly 1,990 years. If, if he comes back if it, at the end of two days, at the end of 2,000 years, that will be the year 2033. 2033. But here, here's the thing is though, no man knows the day or the hour. 
The Bible says that Jesus said, I don't even know the day or the hour. You can't set the time. You can't set the date because every fool that has tried, they got all thing, one thing in common. They've all been wrong. But listen, I believe uh, that, uh, that if, if, if we're right on here talking about Hosea, one thing is for sure, time is short. Time is short. I believe according to these verses of Scripture, notice right here in verse 2, it says, And after two days He will revive us, and the third day He will rise us up. I looked up that word, rise up, it means we will get up. We will get up. We will be resurrected and we shall live in His sight. That word live means He will quicken us. He will restore us to life. Talking about the, the Jewish people, the Jewish nation. So if you say, well, uh, He's been gone 1,990 years, uh, you can say within that we've got 10 years left for him to come back to earth and to set up his kingdom. Not talking about the rapture, but talking about when he comes back to earth. You know, he come to earth in, 20, uh, in 33 A.D. If he comes back in 2033, uh, then that will be 2,000 years. But listen, we can't be dogmatic about this. The only thing we've got to do is be ready. We've got to be ready. I'm just giving you some things to talk about. But if you believe... In a pre-tree of rapture, if we say, well, we got 10 years left, if doing the math is right, uh, just giving you something to think about here, then if you believe in a pre-tree of rapture, the beginning of the seven-year uh, tribulation, then, then we're down to three years. We're down to three years then. No one can know for sure, but one thing is for sure, sure time is short. I believe Hosea was talking about right here that... Uh, after two days, he will raise up the nation of Israel. They're going to go through tribulation. The Bible said that they would be tore. They would be afflicted. They rejected the Messiah. They said his blood be upon us and upon our children and our children's children. And guess what? They got just exactly what they asked for by rejecting the Messiah. They have went through uh, being expelled from nations. They have been uh, uh, ridiculed. They've been chased. They've been, they went through holocaust cost they went through hell on earth because they rejected their Messiah but he said on the third day on the third day we will live in his presence he will come to us he will he will forgive us he will raise us up talking about the Jewish people and then the third day we will live in his presence that third day I believe that's talking about the millennial reign the millennial reign the thousand year day uh, that we will live and not only will Israel live there we the church will live in his presence we will tabernacle with him we will live in his presence presence uh, and, and and as Isaiah chapter 66 it says that this world is going to be a time of peace it says that the lamb will lay down with the wolf the the the, the lion will eat grass like the ox it's going to be a time of just peace upon the earth it's going to get have peace so just wanted to bring this out to you I believe right here that that Exodus chapter 19 is a perfect picture of Israel that they were told to prepare for two days and on the third day they would live they would 
be in God's presence. I, I think that's what the Lord is, has had us doing here in this church age to prepare, to cleanse ourselves, to get ready for the Lord's coming down and dwelling with us just like He come down upon Mount Sinai. So take that for what it's worth. Just wanted to throw that out at you, give you something to think about. So the question is, are we ready for His coming? Are we ready for His coming? Are we, we know we definitely need to do this. Are we cleansing ourselves by the washing of the Word? Are we washing ourselves with the Word of God? Are you applying Jesus' words to your life? That's the only thing that will cleanse you. Do you, do you need to be cleansed? Is there anything you need to make right? Listen, I believe... If I'm on to something here, I believe we need to take the time that we have left to get yeah. ourselves ready, to get ourselves cleansed. To is there anything you need to make right? Is there something you need to do? Do you need to pay somebody that you owe? Do you need to make amends in some way? Do you need to get forgiveness uh, from somebody? Is there anything you need to make right? Do you have on the clean garments of Christ? Are you reverencing Him and honoring Him? <clears throat> like I said, take time that we have left, and I believe we're drawing near, church. If you look at the world around us, the Bible says we can't know the day or the hour, but we can know the, the season. You know, if, if, if you went into a coma and you was in a coma for, for three years and you just happened to wake up today, well, you, might not, you wouldn't know the day, you wouldn't know the hour, you wouldn't even know the year. You wouldn't know what month it is. But you could look around you and you could see. You could see the leaves on the trees. You could feel the heat and you could feel the humidity. And you would say, hey, I know what season it is. I might not know the day or the hour, but I know it's summertime. That's the way it is with the coming of the Lord. Yeah. Things are, are rapidly speeding up. <laughs> Did you know that the government, not only America's government, but the world's government, the, inter, the, the International Monetary Fund, the World Economic Forum, they are saying by the year 2030, you will own nothing and you will be happy. Have you heard about that? They're, 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 they're talking about crashing this current world system and economy that we're in. That's what we're doing right now. We're in a slow crash. And they said, I watched the, the, the head of the World Economic Forum, and they were saying, we can't do this thing quickly. we got to do it slowly and, and, and easily, at least the masses uh, uh, rebel and, and, and riot and, and go get scared and just go crazy so they are setting us up even our president is talking about a new world order you've heard him talk about that the bushes talked about that they are planning this thing you will own nothing they will tell you what you can drive they will tell you what you can eat that sounds like a dictatorship that sounds like a world dominated uh, antichrist system and it's happening right before our eyes church and we don't have the gumption to see it most of us we need to realize that time is short time is short and we need to 
Be ready. Wash yourself. Cleanse yourself. Don't know the day or the hour. Don't you leave here saying, that preacher was saying, he said a date. No, he did not. <laughs> but I am saying, it's drawing near. It's drawing near. Take the time to get ready for his coming down, his, his coming to get his church so that you will be able to approach him when the trumpet sounds. That trumpet is going to sound, and only those who are ready can approach him. Uh, appreciate your time. Might have thrown something. I don't know. Go home and uh, 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 read that. Go home and Google that. We won't believe the preacher. We won't believe the Bible, but we'll believe Google. And check out and see if what I said ain't, ain't the truth there. So uh, there you go. Uh, might be my last time here. I don't know. Uh, uh, here you go, Preacher Bill. Appreciate it, brother. <laughs> Amen. 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 Amen.